Dear family members and friends of First Lutheran Church, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, who comes this night to enfold you once more in the swaddling clause of his redeeming love. Amen. From heaven to earth God came to bear good news to every home. Glad tidings of great joy we bring to all the world and gladly sing. From heaven above to earth God came. Many of you, I'm sure, recognize this opening verse from Martin Luther's classic Christmas hymn that he composed for his five-year-old son, Hans. In the German, it is von Himmel hoch, from heaven above. As with any well-beloved classic, with its excess of meaning, these words became visually real for me a few months ago as I looked out the window of a concluding flight from Denver to Sioux Falls. At one point during our descent at about 20,000 feet, I could see the twinkling lights of a little town far, far below. But from such a high altitude, it was impossible to see anything but the faint glow of its street lights. Tiny, almost surreal. And I began to ponder up above the world so high, how it's so easy to ignore the real people who live in that little town so far, far away. Indeed, how easy it is to forget or simply be ignorant from such a great distance that these real people with real lives and real stories experience real joy and real pain like every other human being in the little towns of God's creation. Like my son's old model rail, railroad uh, set and little village, tucked deep down now in our furnace room, is it all pretend with lifeless statistics? At a recent forum that our First Lutheran Church women hosted for a gathering of Union Gospel mission staff and volunteers, I was stunned to learn that four of the five most poverty-stricken counties in the United States are right here in South Dakota. The gratis or reduced school lunch programs now affect over 40% of our elementary students right here in Sioux Falls. And with federal cutbacks, 22 million school lunches have been cut. And if we were to extrapolate on that, that's like every child in the U.S. going without food for almost one and a half days. Now bringing this together with the little town of Bethlehem, of Jesus' birth, we are reminded again this night of God's story of salvation coming together with our life story and the people with whom we live on earth. 
and how it is that Bethlehem means in Hebrew, house of bread. And so the bread of heaven, the Christ child, has come and calls us to share his word as bread for the world in word and in deed. Thanks to the leadership of Pastor Jeff and our Evangelism and Outreach Board, First Lutheran is now breaking bread with children here in Sioux Falls at Lowell Elementary. In fact, tomorrow they are serving holiday hot meals to the students and their families. Also with programs like Necessities for Neighbors, Food to You, and Church on the Street led by Rebel Herd. Now why do I give you this little bit of a litany? The reason is that when we actually come down and set foot in such little towns like Bethlehem, it takes on a whole new perspective and therefore meaning. For in walking down the streets of those dimly lit towns, no longer at 20,000 feet, we begin to see real faces and hear real voices, perhaps the sound of a newborn child crying. The basic truth of human experience is that one can only truly understand life by identifying with, participating in it. From heaven to earth, God came. Some 2,019 years ago, God came down to dwell among us in our little towns, our little lives, our little model railroad scenes that might seem almost unreal from afar. And this is the heart of the gospel word for us on this holy night. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. But why would God do this? Because God knows how critical it is for our lives that he become real for us, that God gives us a face we can see, a voice we can hear, a hand that we can touch. God so loved the world that he gave. And oh, how we long to know and see the living God as we confess the creator of heaven and earth, the one in whose image we have been fashioned and formed. As the Old Testament prophet Isaiah shouted with winded whiskers, O oh Lord, that you would tear open the heavens and come down to us and reveal yourself, make yourself known. And so together with the good news of Christ's birth, Holy Scripture adds even a bit more hay to the manger from Colossians, the first chapter. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, for in him all the fullness of God is pleased to dwell. Again from Hebrews chapter 4, for we do not have a high priest in Christ Jesus, who's unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, 
yet without sin. About a week ago now, as Kathy and I had our staff over to our home, I asked Pastor Dave to share a story with us that gets at the heart of the meaning of Christmas and the Incarnation. And Pastor Dave was struggling to give credit for this favorite story, and uh, he said, I don't know if it's Soren Kierkegaard, Dr. Al Rognes, maybe Gerhard Frost, can't find it. Well, I need to tell Pastor Dave I found it. It was by Paul Harvey, <laughs> world-renowned theologian, <laughs> right up there with Kierkegaard. <laughs> well, here's the closing story and the rest of the story. In a place not so far away from our hearts, from our doubts, there lived a man who was certainly no Scrooge, but a kind, decent, and mostly good man. Generous to his family and upright in his dealing with others, but he just didn't believe the Christmas message of how God became flesh dwelling among us. Didn't make sense. He was too honest to pretend. And so one Christmas Eve, he said to his wife, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not going with you and the family to worship tonight. I'd feel like a hypocrite. I'd much rather stay at home and wait for you and so the family all left for the midnight candlelight service. Shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. And as the man looked out the window, he could see the snow flurries growing heavier and heavier. He sat in a chair by the fireplace and settled into reading the newspaper, when suddenly he heard some thumping sounds on the window. And when he looked outside, he saw a small flock of little birds huddled miserably in the snow. They'd been caught in the storm and sought to fly through the window for light and warmth. The man thought about the barn out back of the house where his children stabled their little pony. And so quickly he put on his coat, tramping through the snow to the barn. He opened the doors wide and turned on a light, but the birds didn't come in. He hurried back to the house, put out a trail of breadcrumbs for them to follow. But to no avail, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs and continued to flop around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He tried waving his arms at them in an attempt to corral them into the barn. But instead, they scattered in every direction, every direction but into the safety and warmth of the barn. The man then realized that they were afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I am a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know they can trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt but to help them. But how? Because any move... I make, they only tend to be more frightened and confused. They won't follow. And then he thought, if only I could be a bird. 
I could mingle with them and speak their language. Tell them not to be afraid and show them the way to safety in a warm, lighted barn. But I'd have to be one of them so they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring in the distance. The sound reached his ears above the sound of the howling wind. He stood listening to the bells, Odeste Fidelis, O come all you faithful, pealing the glad tidings of Christmas. And the man fell to his knees in the snow. If God is at a distance, almighty and powerful, we can only be afraid. But for God to accommodate himself, humble himself, becoming like a servant, living with us in all of our vulnerability, we come to love him and trust him, even to the lengths of a cross. Here I am, says the Christ child again this night for you. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sin and eternal life. For to you is born this day a Savior. My friends, listen once more to this gospel word from God's very self to you this night. From among the billions and billions of stars, from heaven to earth God came. Yes, for us and our salvation. Christmas. God deep in the flesh the long-awaited Messiah of whom the prophets foretold, the babe of Bethlehem born in a lowly manger, God come to us, with us, for us, always. And so we no longer need to wish upon a star, for the very star maker himself has drawn nigh, from heaven to earth come down. The finite cannot reach the infinite, but something else can happen. The infinite, that is God, can cross over and join with the finite, that is us. I have come, says Jesus, that you might have life and have it abundantly, infinitely. Yes, we have God's word in it, on it, in Jesus. And the angel of the Lord said to the poor shepherds and to us this night, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will come to all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Amen.